Places Travel Footprints Both Sides Perspective Part 1 I'm Marina Avsyuk During COVID times we all faced the same problem – limitations of movement. At first we couldn't leave our houses, but slowly there are fewer and fewer restrictions. Here, in Hellenic Youth Participation, we hope that the situation will go back on track soon. In the meantime, we would like to warm up the expectation of traveling abroad and inside your own country or even city. Sometimes traveling locally can open a new perspective on the places which you know or you thought that you have already known. About these and other topics I have talked with three people from three countries. They will share their thoughts about both sides traveling around their countries and abroad, pros and cons of such travels, some tips about food to try, and how to organize your touristic time better. So let's dive into our travel podcast. This is Stepan Balotnikov. It's mostly just to relax and have a change of atmosphere from day-to-day life, but we're also traveling a little bit around. He has just arrived in Tartu, Estonia. You know, there's uh, a lot of summer activities happening now, there's some museums and cool cultural stuff. And now we're going to listen to Hot on the Trail recommendations about traveling in Estonia and around the globe. Hi, my name is Stepan. I am from Estonia and I am actually currently also living in Estonia. Uh, I am 29 years old and I am a software developer. Alright, Stepa, what was your experience of traveling in your own country? Estonia. I, I think the very interesting thing about traveling inside your own country is that uh, there are so many things. I've lived here my whole life, basically, and there are still so many things that I haven't seen because I always think that, oh, I'm always here. I will always have a chance to see it. And then I end up never seeing them. So Estonia is pretty accessible to travel, I think. Although, uh, well, most of the kind of big touristy places, you can just reach them by bus or by train. But if you want to go kind of off the beaten path, then it's probably better to take a car. And the one thing that I've discovered lately is that it's so easy and actually fairly affordable to rent a car, especially if you are several people, that if you are staying in Tallinn, the capital, or Tartu, the kind of the second biggest city, and you just want to have a day trip somewhere around there, or even go for a weekend, because really it's a small country, you can, you can go from one corner to the other in a couple of hours, that's fine. Yeah, if the country is so small, well, then people will definitely find it easy to travel. Can you give some recommendations on how to do your traveling best in Estonia? And I will also ask you about food to try tips, because, you know, travelers are always hungry. Sure. Uh, I would just recommend maybe to look into, you know, where do you want to stay? There's the guest houses and hostels and such all over the place. Although they are a little bit more expensive maybe than in a lot of bigger countries because there's just less tourists. But it's more fun as well. There's a lot of like nature Airbnb, bed and breakfast sort of places. I would definitely recommend people, if they have the time to come to Estonia, to see, well, Tallinn, the capital. It's great. It's uh, architecturally, I think, very interesting and has a lot of interesting history associated with it. Uh, Tartu is a university town. It's kind of smaller and cuter and still very beautiful. And my third favorite destination is probably the islands. It's a little bit tougher to get there. It's a little bit away from the usual places, but the islands like Saarema and Hiuma, the natural, they are naturally very beautiful and there's a lot of just fun to be had. And there's cultural events there all the time, so that's fine. 
But when you, if you want to have food, honestly, I don't think Estonian food, like traditional Estonian food, is all that exciting. I think there's a lot of restaurants in Estonia that are very good, genuinely very good, especially in Tallinn. But they're kind of, you know, international. It's not very local, local. But if you do want to have a taste of local food, I would actually recommend going to the Seto country and the southeast of Estonia. It's the southeast corner, basically, where it's bordering with Russia and Latvia. And uh, there's a lot of uh, events and places there, like museums and workshops, that are talking about this very unique culture of that region, and can also introduce you to the food of that region and the food of Estonia itself. Haha! <laughs> so in the end, there are places to eat Estonian food. By the way, coming back to nature, I noticed on your Instagram you frequently post about the local environment, forests, animals, and if I understood correctly, gardens. Can you tell more about it? Uh, yeah, so a bunch of uh, Estonian people actually do consider, you know, Estonians to be people that are close to the nature, and um, most of the country is covered by forests, and most of those forests are also public forest. So you can just go there and you can hike there and, uh, you know, set up camp, collect mushrooms and berries. And it's really actually cool to do in the summer. And there's also uh, one of the more unique aspects of the Estonian nature is probably the wetlands. So especially in the north of Estonia, the bogs that are there are considered to be uh, not that prevalent in the rest of Europe. There's a couple more places that have, you know, a very similar set of circumstances. But uh, It's it's really cool to see. It's just this endless field of wetlands with very few trees, but very beautiful, colorful plants. And you know, there's these plants that eat insects and uh, berries that you can collect there, and bog lakes that you can swim in. The water is very different, but also very clean, and it's nice. And uh, inside of cities, actually, that's a good point. A couple of years ago, they started this program in the capital city of Tallinn of making community gardens. Uh, I think it was three years ago. Now I think there's 11 community gardens in the city of Tallinn, and I think also two in Tartu and here and there. And it's really, really nice. So personally, uh, me and my girlfriend, we go to two community gardens in our city, and we grow some of our own food. Uh, we have zucchinis, we have beans, and actually zucchinis and beans are so productive. We we're not even that good at gardening, but we get so much food out of it. Actually, it's crazy. <laughs> Right, we are moving to the next section of the podcast, and here I would like you to share your experience abroad. Actually, how many countries have you visited, and how do you usually prefer to travel? I think I've seen most countries in Europe, and I've only been out of Europe two times. Okay, three times. Well, no, Saint Petersburg is still Europe, but I've been to New York and DC on one trip, and I've been to Tangier in in the north of Africa on one day trip. But other than that, it's mostly been in Europe. I have a couple of friends who have this particular way of traveling through Europe, and I've been with them on several occasions. And I think it's actually, for me personally, I like this way of traveling. But I know that a lot of people find it very annoying. So what we do, and what we did a couple of times, is that we get cars and we drive from Estonia through the whole of Europe to, for example, Spain or Italy. And this takes about a week, which means that basically every day we stay in a different place, in a different country. 
So it's a, this very high tempo of traveling. I like it because it kind of allows you to do this very quick and get the very taste of the place in one day. And then you can take notes and then you can sort of think that, oh, okay, this place was not that interesting. This place was more interesting. So I might want to come back here. And uh, that allows you to plan a more detailed, maybe a longer trip than that one. I would call this kind of trips something like travel degustations. You quickly try and later you choose which cities you like best. <laughs> so what about your best traveling experience abroad? Which country and what did you do there? Actually, just also love going to one place, but then it's uh, probably for a shorter period. For example, I one of the trips that I remember that I have fondest memories of, let's say, was actually my trip to St. Petersburg. And it was for a couple of days. I don't even remember how many. My problem is that I went there in January and it was very icy. It was very slippery. It was very, very windy. And some of the St. Petersburg classics, like, for example, you know, the racing bridges and the river cruises and stuff like that, they weren't, of course, operating in winter. So we missed that. But uh, St. Petersburg is also, I think, very good to see in the winter. Well, it's okay to see in the winter because it's also very beautiful in the architectural sense. And of course, there are amazing museums. Everybody keeps talking about the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, but I personally enjoyed Erarta more. It's the biggest private collection of contemporary art in Russia, and it's like five floors, two buildings. It's a whole day sort of ordeal, and it was really, really fascinating. And also, man, another thing in, in St. Petersburg, they have an arcade video game museum that has a lot of arcade machines from the Soviet era and actually made in the Soviet Union. So when you go in, you pay for the ticket, and you get a paper envelope, like a paper glass, folded paper glass, full of Soviet-era coins, and these coins you use to operate these machines, because they actually work. And it's also, it's just such a cool place to hang out. You get this taste of what, you know, what games were like in the Soviet Union, what technology was like. And you can also buy, actually, lemonade from, like, an old Soviet-era vending machine with Soviet-era coins. It's, uh, it's just a fun little gimmick. It's really nice. Speaking about drinks and food, did you try something that time or do you have any recommendations or stories? Food is uh, another thing that actually I, I like that you ask about food specifically because I think one of the best stroganoffs that I've ever had was obviously in St. Petersburg. But maybe one of the more memorable food experiences in my travel was in the United States. I uh, had a chance to go on a work trip to New York and Washington, D.C. for about a week. And one of the stereotypes that actually completely came true was that they have huge portions of food in the U.S. And it was so funny because uh, when you go into a restaurant and you see a menu, then there is the one section that says entree. And I didn't know what it means, but I, saw, I thought that, you know, entree, entry, maybe it's an appetizer. So I go into one of the places that was in Google Maps recommended as like a local American cuisine, and I order uh, entree of uh, chicken wings, but, you know, maybe make it a half order. I'm not that hungry. And then I also got a chicken farm or something like that. And the waitress looked at me and she said, oh, someone's hungry, which seemed very weird to me. I just got a, a starter and a main. What are you talking about? And then they bring out this half order of chicken wings, which was six full-sized, largest chicken wings I've ever seen in my life. And then I got a main on top of that. 
I didn't give up. You know, I'm a trooper. I, I ate it all, but uh, after that, I, I made sure to order something much lighter for the duration of my trip in the U.S. Okay, the USA wall should be careful with the food portion sizes. Got it. <laughs> so, Stjopa, to sum up, how do you prefer to travel abroad? I like traveling in a way, if it's a farther away country, then I prefer to maybe yeah, stay in one place for a couple of days. For example, yeah, like in the US or Russia was also, I didn't feel like doing my usual day by day hopping thing. And in that case, what I would recommend is just to get a sure kind of a place to stay and maybe mark down a couple of places that you want to visit, but not really make a very strict schedule. It has never really worked out for me to make a very strict schedule, but just have a, a list of places, have them on a map, see where you would like to go, and then just see how you feel. Maybe someday you're a little bit more tired, you just want to go to a cafe, maybe another day you're super energized and go out of town, and just keep it sort of open like that. Thank you for your advice. I think some people indeed are in such a rush to see everything during their trips that they forget to enjoy it. So you all heard him, yeah? Relax and follow the flow. Stiopa, to feel safe and comfortable during your journey, what do you always take with you in your backpack or luggage? I, I'm a chronic overpacker, so if I go to somewhere where I can pack a lot of stuff, I will pack too much stuff, which is good to be on a plane, then you're limited. But I definitely need, you know, obviously all the chargers always, but also I have to take a couple of battery packs with me because I one time I was in London and my battery died in the middle of the city and I didn't know where I was. And I actually had to really hurry to my hostel to go on a plane. And that was so stressful. So I really need to have my batteries full at all time. And what about bringing something from your journey? How much do you usually spend on souvenirs and what do you usually buy? Yeah, I don't really splurge out on uh, souvenirs all that much, but whenever I travel, I do have to bring back a fridge magnet with the like some kind of a city name or an emblem because my mother collects them. She has them actually on her metal door in her apartment and now it's full of almost uh, like together me and her and my sister, we bring these magnets back and it's soon becoming a map of the world really. But other than that, I also like to grab some snacks, some local snacks for my friends that are just, you know, something that you can't get in other places and it's fun to try. And it just, it's nice because it doesn't, stay on the shelf and just collect dust. You eat it, it's nice, or maybe you, it's not nice, but you still have an experience, and then you remember it, and it's uh, just look like that. Yeah, I agree that food is the best souvenir. I think people indeed remember such foodie gifts better. Stjopa, is there any fact or something that surprised you about your native country or country you have visited that you would like to share? So uh, last year I went to Cyprus. Uh, it was great. I would recommend going to Cyprus, but maybe in November because uh, that was the perfect temperature. It was still warm. But one thing that I didn't really expect from Cyprus was also related to food. And it's they have this traditional dish called meze or maybe meze, maybe I'm mispronouncing, but maybe. Basically, it's a mixed 
meal of many, many courses. And we were five people. We went to this restaurant and we ordered the fish mezze, which is a, a, a Cyprus local uh, specialty. And we ordered a fish mezze for four people because we knew that it's probably going to be a lot of food. But actually, we ended up eating the same meal. Like we packed it to go, what we couldn't eat. And we ended up eating it for three days. It was just so much food. It was like different fishes, squids, octopus, and just the amount of that. We asked the, the waiter, like, we are five people, but we're not very hungry. How much should we order? Well, maybe four people's worth. No. If you go to a, to a Cyprus restaurant, five people, order for three. You're still going to have leftovers. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Another country where we should be careful about portion sizes. I wouldn't complain, though, from the economical side, it's very good deal. <laughs> okay, we're actually moving to the conclusion. First of all, Stjopa, thank you very much for your time and answers. I think our listeners will gain a lot from this conversation. Before we wrap our conversation out, do you have any last advice? I really like traveling and last year I actually had a bunch of travel plans already laid out, which I usually don't. Usually it's a very short-term planning thing, but then stuff happened. So obviously a lot of people have been unable to travel a lot, which I think is a great opportunity to look around your own country or to go to places that are maybe closer to you. And as I said before, you probably haven't seen a lot of stuff because you're always there and you think that you will be able to do, look at it at some other point. Well, now's a chance. So uh, yeah, look around yourself and hopefully re sooner rather than later, we'll be able to resume a lot of the travel to faraway places with a lot of people and very noisy and big hotels and like huge restaurants with too much food. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. <laughs> This episode of Travel Footprints was created by me, Marina Avsyuk, with the support of Hellenic Youth Participation, the European Solidarity Corps of the European Union, and the Greek National Agency. Music of the podcast was created by VP Production. VP Production is a Ukrainian independent audio agency that crafts sonic identities for games, brands, and apps. Find out more at hellenicyouthparticipation.com.